Welcome to Boss of My Money podcast, your number one choice for bite-sized lessons on how to take care of your coins and achieve financial success. I am your host, Esther Bangura, financial educator, budgeting expert, and the founder of Boss of My Money. So whether it's improving your money habits, developing a wealthy mindset, becoming debt-free, saving money, or learning how to invest. Girl, say no more because you are in the right place. And if you want to get clear about where you stand financially, why not get your hands on one of my amazing freebies? Stop by at bossofmymoney.com slash minicourse. Now, it's time to put the kettle on, make yourself a cup of tea and join me in today's episode. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Hiya, welcome to Boss of My Money. This is episode number 31. In today's episode, I will be sharing five excuses why people don't budget their money. My financial adventure began with budgeting and I've now paid off £18,000 worth of debt. I've saved four months worth of emergency funds and started investing and I recently purchased my first home. It's easy to see why I'm so enthusiastic about budgeting and why I think that budgeting is the basis for your financial future. Start your financial independence journey now by examining how you spend your money each day. And that's basically what budgeting does for you. Budgeting has not only helped me to achieve amazing outcomes, but I've also seen how it's benefited my budgeting masterclass clients who follow the processes that I lay out and are consistent with their budgeting. I've dealt with hundreds of women in the financial industry. And the one thing that always comes up, the one thing that, you know, they all have in common is that they have trouble managing their budgets properly. So because of this, I always return to budgeting in all of my educational content, in all of my podcasts, my blogs, and my content on Instagram. Um, even if I talk about savings or investing or anything else, I always bring it back to budgeting. The majority of the time we know what to do, right? But we don't do it. Just because we know what to do doesn't mean that we do it. Almost everyone has attempted budgeting at some point and most have given up after failing. If I had given up on my budget, I wouldn't be where I am today. To help you achieve your financial goals, I'd like to offer you five reasons and five excuses, I like to call them, because a lot of the time we justify them as reasons, but they are really just excuses that hold us back. Um, And these are five excuses that people use for not budgeting their finances. So excuse number one is, I don't know what budgeting method to use. Now, this is a fair excuse, but I feel like This is why, you know, Google and lots of content, you know, is out there for because you can figure out what budgeting method works well for you. Um, The best way to do it is to try them all, right? Try them all because you wouldn't know which one's going to work for you until you try them all. And then you're able to make um, a decision from that. So I'll mention a few of them that you go and look up. And I have some blogs on my website that go into more detail about them. So the first budgeting method is reverse budgeting. Now, this is my favorite one. 
Um, so this is basically where you pay yourself first. You save and you invest first and then you use what's left for bills and expenses. This budgeting method is what I teach in my one-to-one budgeting masterclass. I love it because you're starting with the end in mind. This works especially for people who live above their means or who struggle with saving and investing. The second type of budgeting method is what we call the zero-based budget. This is basically where you budget to zero. You account for every penny before payday. So when payday comes, you've already assigned where your money is going. A zero-based budget, it allocates your income to designated budgeting categories until no money is left. So for example, a £2,000 a month um, salary, it's split into expenses, you know, debt repayments, savings, investing, what you have as a fun pot, any debts that you have, as I mentioned already, and you're basically left for zero by the time you've allocated, you know, what goes to what category. The third type of budgeting method is the 50, 30, 20 budget. This is basically where you allocate 50% of your income to your needs, 30% of your income to your wants, and 20% of your income to saving, investing, and paying off additional debts. Now, this is also known as percentage budgeting. So there's different types of percentage budgeting. You have the 80-20 rule, which is where all of your debts and expenses, um, you know, are used up with 80% of your income and the 20% is what you use for saving and investing. Again, I have a detailed blog about this um, on bossofmymoney.com slash blog that you can check out. Um, the fourth type of budgeting method is what we call cash envelope budgeting. So this is where you're budgeting using cash, um, but you're basically placing cash every month into individual envelopes um, assigned to various expenses and categories. So instead of using, you know, like online debit card or credit card, you're basically withdrawing that money every month and allocating it into specific cash envelopes. What's great about this way of budgeting is that it's likely to cut down overspending because you're only spending what you have in the envelope and then what's gone, it's gone. And when you use cash to budget or to pay bills, um, it really makes you more intentional about what you're spending. It's harder for us to spend cash than it is to just kind of tap and go on a contact list or just put your credit card number, you know, online. So this is a really good way to improve your money habits. Um, when it comes to budgeting, there are different ways to budget, right? So you can use any of these methods and use a spreadsheet. You can use apps, PDF templates, or you can even write out your budget using pen and paper. That's how I got started. When I started budgeting, I found a lot of the budgeting templates difficult to use. I just wanted something simple um, that was personalized to my personal situation. So I literally just purchased like an A4 um, notepad. I got like a ruler, pencil and pen and a calculator. Um, and I would I just drew my budget out every single month. That's how I got started until I then moved that written out template on a spreadsheet that I use today. And I also share with my one to one clients. So the second excuse that people use about not budgeting is I don't have time. 
This is the number one reason individuals get into financial trouble. And it's the number one reason they remain in it because they don't have time. Budgeting may be tough. I'm not saying that budgeting is easy, you know, and you're always in the mood to do it, but it's not about being in the mood. It's not about it being easy or not. Um, But if you don't make time to do it, it will cost you a lot more in the long run. And although I understand that life can be hectic, right? I'm not trying to be ignorant or inconsiderate. I have a very busy life. Like I'm doing so many things, always busy. Um, You know, I have like a day job. I'm running like three side hustles, you know, all to do with finance in the finance industry. So I get pretty busy, right? But I have to make the time. And I know that making the time can be a challenge, but I must make it a priority and preserve my budgeting time or I'm going to fall off my budget. And the truth is that we make time for the things that we want to make time for. It's as simple as that. You know, the things that you want to make time for, you make time for. So if you really wanted to make time for your budget, you can do that. It's within your power. You may have to make a few adjustments, but it's something that can can be done and it should no longer be an excuse as to why you are not budgeting. You know, make time for your budget the same way that you make time for shopping and making phone calls and surfing the web and watching Netflix and chilling. I know what you get up to with your free time. So excuse number three is that I am not earning enough money to be able to budget. Now, since expenses must be paid, right, and achieving our financial goals must be met, regardless of what income level you're on, right? And I find this argument a little bit unacceptable because it really is a mindset, you know, block. When I hear people say this, oh, I'm not earning enough to kind of do this with my finance. I'm not earning enough to really budget. You know, I'm only earning a thousand every month and there's no real point because I'm not earning enough. It's an unacceptable argument. Everyone, regardless of whether you receive government assistance, such as job seekers allowance or income support, or if you're a housewife and your spouse is the primary earner, you should have a budget. I don't care if you're the one bringing in the money or not. You need to have a budget for your household because you have bills going out, right? You have expenses that you need to pay. How are you going to keep track? How are you going to know what to cut? How are you going to know how much more money you need in order to break even, in order to pay your bills and also save and invest for the future? Without a budget and the ability to track your money today, what is going to encourage you to do it when you have a larger income? The truth is that higher income earners have a greater number of financial problems. And they have more debt than those who don't have a lot of money or are on a low income. Therefore, your income shouldn't determine or it shouldn't be a determining factor in whether or not you budget, right? Because I'm telling you what you're not able to do now on low income, the money habits that you're not able to start developing now, you're going to find really difficult to develop them when you have more money coming in. Because why? The more income you have, the more you spend, the more debt you take on, the less you save. And it's a proven fact. I have a lot of clients who are high earners. They're earning good money. They're earning more than me, for goodness sake. But they had the same financial challenges that I had 
when I was earning less, right? So please just bear this in mind and budget regardless of what income level you are on. You thank me for it later. So excuse number four is I failed at budgeting in the past. So here's what I'm going to say about this, right? Think of a skill that you have mastered and are an expert in now, but that you were mediocre at in the past or when you just got started with developing that skill, you were mediocre at it. The truth of budgeting is that some months you're not going to keep it up, right? Some months you're just going to fall flat on your face. You're going to do your budget and not review it. There's a payment that you're going to forget about. You're going to spend more in your fun pot, you know, and then not save as much as you planned. It's going to happen, right? The goal is trying to do as little damage as possible while staying on course. Remember, we want progress and not perfection. There is no such thing as a perfect budget, right? It doesn't exist. And the more you try to see your budget as something that needs to be perfect, I have to stick to this or else I'm a failure. It's going to keep you back from budgeting and from learning the lessons that you need to learn. So rather than seeing your budget as a failure, view it as a lesson learned budget. So on the months that you don't keep to it or something goes wrong, don't be like, oh, my budget failed. Be like, ah, this is my lesson learned and keep on improving it. That is literally the secret to financial success. You don't give up and you keep on improving and you keep making better decisions until you get to where you want to get to. And finally, the fifth excuse that a lot of people, this is actually more for couples, right? So this is a major excuse that couples use, which is my partner and I argue when we talk about money or try to budget. Let me just take a deep breath here because I can so relate to this. Oh my goodness, I can so relate to this. So I really enjoy working with couples um, in my one-to-one budgeting masterclass. And I've discovered that the longer couples wait to learn how to budget together, the worse their financial position gets as a result of their indecision. Their ability to save money decreases as their debt increases. The amount of damage that must be repaired also increases because why? You're avoiding to do the work. You're literally avoiding the elephant in the room because you're refusing to talk about money. You're refusing to sit around a table and budget together. You're refusing to do money together. John and I did this for years, right? And this is probably why we made so many money mistakes. We got into so much debt And we didn't make as much progress in our finances in our 20s when we were both earning really good money. You know, John and I, we just didn't talk about money. We knew how to earn money. We were great at spending money, but we didn't plan for our finances. We didn't talk about our goals. We didn't track our goals. We didn't have regular money talks to be like, like, are we on track? Are we off track? What do you want? What do I want? We didn't have any of that. Thank God that ever since I started my personal finance journey in 2017, John and I have regular money talks. And before it used to be like heated arguments, 
where one person is crying because we didn't see eye to eye because it was a difficult topic to talk about. So I'm not denying the fact that it can be uncomfortable. It can lead to arguments, but we didn't give up just because we had an argument. We just agreed that, okay, look, the next time we talk about our finances, we can't get personal just because it's a difficult topic doesn't mean we have to insult each other or say something that will make the other person mad just so that the conversation will end. So we had to set boundaries and I would plan how that conversation will go. And I made it more fun, right? Because I knew it was a difficult topic for us to have. So I made it more fun by agreeing on a mutual time, not just interrupting him in the middle of his football game, which I do sometimes, (laughs) but yeah, not just interrupting him in the middle of his football game, asking him, you know, about our budget or trying to have a money discussion with him, but agreeing, when are you free this week so that we can talk about our budget and plan what we're spending, what we're not spending, you know, what we're going to save and how we're going to invest. Having that in the diary, reminding him about it, you know, doing like a pre-budget beforehand, because I know John trusts me to get on with things, right? He'll just be like, look, whatever decision you make, I'm happy, but we're in this together and I want him to participate. I want him to be involved in it. And now he's more willing to be involved in it because he realizes it's our finance, right? And I want support in making those decisions because I want to make sure that I'm not being selfish with the decisions that I'm making. And I get to consider his goals as well. And we get to both achieve our individual goals and our joint goals together as a family. So I would also, you know, make us a cup of tea, get some popcorn, put some music on, put on the candle, whatever I needed to do to make that discussion go well and to create a really just good ambience, a relaxed ambience. I would do that. So do whatever it takes as a couple to make having that conversation easier. So to begin with, If you've never talked about budgeting or you've never budgeted as a couple, don't start with that. Don't go like straight in because it's just going to put the other person off. You want to start by having short conversations to better understand each other's financial priorities and your money personalities. So talk about who's the spender in the relationship? Who's the saver? Who's the ignorer? Who's the investor? Like all they want to do is invest. They don't care about saving. They don't care whether bills are paid on time. They just want to invest for the future. Like they're living now for 10 years and they're ignoring everything that needs to happen now. You know, in John and I's relationship, we discovered that I was definitely the spender, um, but I also became the saver once I started saving and I saw the benefits of saving. John is definitely a saver and sometimes an avoider. He doesn't like to deal with that. He's like, yeah, 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 you just sort it out, sort it out. Um, So we had to deal with that and agree, okay, this is your money personality. What are you going to do to improve? This is my money personality. This is what I'm going to do to improve. So discuss where you want to go in five years, what you both want to see change and what adjustments you are both ready to make and to see um, that will take you to where you want to get to in your personal finance. So the purpose of this podcast today is kind of to have a go because these are excuses that hold us back. These are excuses that held me back for years. And it got to me getting to my mid-30s to be like, whoa, Esther, 
you still haven't figured out this money thing. You're great at earning money, bringing in the income, but you're still struggling with money habits that are not getting you any closer to your financial goals. And it took me getting to my mid-30s to have that revelation. Some people, they get that revelation a lot earlier. Some people don't get that till later on. So I almost do want to challenge you with this podcast. I want to provoke you, right? I don't know where you are in your finances, but I want you to take action now. I don't want you to wait till it's too late. I don't want you to wait till, you know, you get to your 40s and 50s and have to do more work. I want you to start now. So avoid these and any other excuses by changing your attitude you will stay stuck and you will not make progress in your finances due to this fact. As soon as you get on board with budgeting, you learn faster, you be more organized and you'll be able to accomplish your objectives much quicker. So to learn more about my free mini course on establishing an effective budget, please visit bossofmymoney.com slash mini course. The link will be within the show notes. It's a free 40-minute training video that explains why um, budget perfection is a bad idea. A lot of people are focused more on having a perfect budget. And instead, you know, I want you to focus more on creating a budget that is progressive, creating a realistic budget. Because if you work with a realistic budget, then you're going to achieve your financial goals a lot quicker. So in the free mini course, I explain why so many women and couples struggle with budgeting. And while this is a free mini course, it is valued at £47. So this is something that I used to charge £47 for. So I would strongly recommend that you take advantage of it now while it's available and while it's free to you. Happy budgeting. Thank you again for listening to Boss of My Money podcast with Esther. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. If you would like me to answer any of your questions, you can include your name or it can be anonymous. Send your questions to esther at bossofmymoney.co.uk. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I would really appreciate it if you took the time to also rate and review this podcast on Apple. Stop by at bossofmymoney.com for more details on how to get started on your financial journey and start mastering your budget.